turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. Welcome to the show where every week, we every time, not every other week, it can be every week if you choose to re-listen to some of our episodes. That choice is yours. That's every true. time we talk about an obscure old kids show, you feel like only you remember. Today, we're going to be talking about Saturday Morning Giant, The Jetsons. But first, yeah. we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo, where we talk about any new media, shows, something we've been enjoying recently. Mel, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? I wanted to shout out a YouTube channel I've been enjoying lately. This is mm-hmm. called Disney Dan. Uh, uh, I'm oh. really fascinated. Yeah, are I, you familiar I, with Disney Dan? I think so. I have been uh, following in your footstumps. Footstumps? I've been following <laughs> in... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about your tree, legs. <laughs> and then the tree part is at the bottom. I've been following in your footsteps and watching a lot of Defunct Land. Um, and I think I think Disney Dan does some yes, episodes with yes. them. Yeah. Yeah, they are friends. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by all theme parks, Disney parks in particular. And I watch so many YouTube channels about them. Defunct Land is a great one. Everybody, if you've not heard of it, please look out for Defunct Land. This channel does these really in-depth, like, well-researched, like, mini-documentaries, like, 20 to, like, 40-minute videos about defunct theme park attractions of all Mm -hmm. kinds. And they'll do, like, different narrative spins on them. Like, in the 90s, Disney was thinking about doing a theme park adjacent, and in New England, it was going to be about, like, American history. And so that episode of Defunct Land is presented in the style of Ken Burns's Civil War documentary. <laughs> they, yeah. they come in all kinds. One of my favorite episodes is the craziest party Walt Disney ever threw. Yes, yes. yes! I, recent, I recently watched, uh, I, I used my morning to watch all of that the other day. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's defunct theme park attractions and other wild tales of theme park history. And including this one that's like, more about Disney, the animation studio, and less about Disney, the like theme park business. About this like celebration party that the studio threw after they finished animating Snow White, yes. and how that party went completely off the rails. Yeah, uh, it was a really interesting look into that specific era of Disney before mm-hmm. they hit it big. Because before Snow mm-hmm. White, it was just Mickey Mouse cartoons, and it was yeah. all done the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. so this was the first foray into something different. It's yes. truly very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but to talk about Disney Dan, his particular vein of theme parks that he really focuses on is costumes, like character oh. costumes and like costumes in live shows. So do mm-hmm. these videos that are like, here's a history of Mickey Mouse, like theme park costumes throughout the decades, like since Disney opened in like 1955 and the evolution of these costumes and like different outfits Mickey has, or he'll look at really specific live shows. Like here's a l- live show that's like a Disney villains review musical that's only done on Disney cruise ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched several recordings of it. I'm going to tell you what I found, and I'm going to tell you what the costumes looked like. And okay. then he did a video recently breaking out of the Disney mold that was all about 
high school and community theater Shrek costumes for Shrek the Musical. Yes. That is delightful. Did you see that Hot Topic now has a Shrek line of of clothing? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's it's Hot Topic, so it is very overpriced, uh, but it is nice to see Shrek as a theme in a clothing line. Right. It's great that I can go to my local mall and know for sure that I can get Shrek. Previously, it was a gamble whether I would see him there or not. (laughs) What were the odds? (laughs) But he does a great look at these things, like very enthusiastic and passionate about theater, especially about like small theater, doing what they can with the means that they have, but also riffing on them a little bit. Uh, And the latest episode is The Face Painted Chaos of Doug Live. We're briefly in Disney MGM Studios before it was Disney's Hollywood Studios. From like 99 to 2001, there was a live stage show based on Doug. Mm-hmm. And was, there, it's, was there a dedicated whistler for whenever they went on? <laughs> Whistle was not live, uh, but they ah. do like act out the theme song in front of you. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, where he, like, runs around, he chases pork chop, you know, he's, like, on, he's, like, inside his journal, uh, Patty walks, you know, you know the opening to Doug. Someday we'll talk about Doug. Does the costume have more than one eyebrow? Oh, uh, (laughs) there, like I said, everybody but Doug has their, his painted, and yes, Mm -hmm. the actor playing Skeeter has a single eyebrow painted on their forehead, and Mm -hmm. Disney Dan talks about that eyeball, uh, that eyebrow's moving all over the place. Like each actor has their <laughs> eyebrow at a slightly different angle and location. Interesting. That's kind of a nice artistic choice, though. Yeah, it's they're, they're fascinating videos, and I, I like this really specific niche of uh, places trying to turn cartoon character costumes into something three D and mm-hmm. realistic that a human being can wear. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, shout out to Disney Dan if you ever want to come on the show and talk about yes. an obscure cartoon. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. Kevin Persier from Defunct Land. I know yes. you're from the Kansas City area. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. We're from the St. Louis area, Kevin. We're practically neighbors. <laughs> We're family, Kevin. <laughs> come on our show. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, you'll have to mm-hmm. send it to me. Um, but yeah, I have, uh, I stopped watching defunct land because i picked up a new game uh uh uh, started playing two games at the same time recently oh in that one is on ps4 and one is on switch and so when i'm like on break at work and i'm playing switch i can play that game and when i come home i play this game and it's a weird universe a weird shared universe Uh uh on ps4 i'm playing the new game stray by annapurna uh, Stray is about uh, playing as a small orange cat yes. with a little backpack with a robot in it. And wow. You, and you are uh, in this distant future where all of society was collected into this giant silo, it seems like, big, tall building um, that was supposed to house all of humanity, but you're a cat and it's full of robots. And the robots mm-hmm. are like, rip humans uh and it's, they don't really talk about how they died out but now it's just hum it's it's just robots going through human motions like wearing clothes and like there's a classist system and mm. you're just trying to get to the outside world to reunite with your cat family uh and it's really good so far and it's i'm taking my time with it because i've seen speed runs at like five or four hours so 
I'm taking my time with it. I'm also playing mm. uh, Life is Strange True Colors on Switch. Hey. Uh, which is, Life is Strange is a very cool series uh, where the protagonist has, the protagonist or someone close to the protagonist has some kind of superpower mm-hmm. that is just kind of like thrust upon them in their mundane life. And it started with time travel. Uh, then it was, I think, like telekinesis. And this one is like, uh, like mirror empathy. Like you can see oh. what people are vibing, what their emotions are, and hear their thoughts and see mm-hmm. the world through that emotional state. Uh, mm. And it's 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 very good, and it's got a great sad hook at the beginning oh. of the game uh, that, that that really got me. Um, and it's just a very interesting balance I'm experiencing right now. Wow! Yeah, s- sad emotion game, and then left alone with my thoughts as I'm a cat running around and talking to robots and jumping and hitting the meow button. <laughs> Click X to meow. Yeah, hit X to meow. <laughs> I, I'm excited to talk about the Jetsons, but now that you've mentioned somebody with emotional empath powers, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of the audio drama The Bright Sessions? I think I have. I think you might have it's, told me about this before. It's an audio drama podcast that is in the format of recordings of therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. This woman, uh, the, the therapist, records her sessions with her patients for her notes. But all her patients have superpowers. And it's this world where like people have heard of superpowers, but it's really uncommon and mm-hmm. rare. And like all of uh, you know, her clients are like... Uh, all sorts of ages and backgrounds and they're all very secretive about their powers and they're still trying to figure them out mm-hmm. and one of the characters is a, an emotional empath like that interesting and yeah and it's like the same couple patients that you are following that she's cycling through over and over again and you get to know these people very deeply and then they'll they'll cross over they'll like meet one another in the waiting room they'll get to know each other mm-hmm. you know it's them fighting back against this uh you know, this company or this organization that's studying them that they don't think has good motives. It's it's a really solid show. Interesting. That reminds okay. me a lot of what the New Mutants movie probably would have wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do still like the New Mutants movie, but it could I have also been a do. Better. Yeah, right. I don't. I, I like, don't love it, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like what they were trying to do. I yeah. like the actors. I like the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I- Ileana. But yeah, be beyond that. But yeah, all two. How many episodes is that? Is that done? It is done. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a not an awful lot, but mm-hmm. a decent amount. I'd have to look it up. Okay, I'll I'll check it out. Uh, I have another podcast with shout out, but I'll leave that to the end of the episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna, we gotta meet George Jetson. We have we to have meet to Jane, meet his Jetson. wife. <laughs> his boy Elroy. So the reason why we are talking about the Jetsons and why we're talking about the Jetsons now is that uh, <laughs> Fred told me recently, uh, this is the year George Jetson will be born. <laughs> yes. And I, I Googled it today to confirm uh, there was a Newsweek article from December 1st of 2021 that says Internet determines George Jetson was likely conceived this week in viral posts. And it says the show is set to be set 100 years in the future in the year 2062. And according to Wikipedia, George Jetson's birthday was August 22nd, 2022. So happy oh, yeah. birthday soon to be for George. Soon to be. Well, I, is that on a Saturday? Is that in our record schedule? 
Uh, I think this is coming out on the 20th, so very nearly. Yeah. Let's see, August? We could push that back. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It feels rude to be like, we have a special episode coming out. Wait two more days. <laughs> we'll th- begin the celebrations early. There's much to celebrate. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it works out with scheduling. I would like this to come out exactly on that day. Uh, mm-hmm. But we have been having scheduling conflicts for a number of reasons. So mm. we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, how was this uh, kind of rewatch for you? I haven't seen the Jetsons in a very long time. How about you? I I originally pitched that we were going to watch the Jetsons movie. And then when mm-hmm. I found out that isn't like we'd have to pay four dollars for it. But the Jetsons, the TV show is streaming on HBO Max. I'm like, never mm-hmm. mind. Let's do that. Yeah, I didn't know. Or I never realized that the Jetsons ran in the 60s in like the Hanna-Barbera heyday alongside the Flintstones. It only ran for one season and then it was brought back in the 80s. I think I remembered seeing newer looking Jetsons cartoons when I was a kid. Like I knew some of them looked like the Flintstones and some of them looked like Alvin and the Chipmunks. But I thought it was like, oh, maybe this is a reboot. Maybe this is the new adventures of the Jetsons. (laughs) no. Season one, 1960s. Season two, 1980s. Yes. I, to us, when we, we were born, uh, like, in the 90s, so, like, it was all just the Jetsons. It was all done yeah, by that yeah. point. Uh, it didn't occur to us that it was uh, released so far apart yeah. from each other. Yeah. I, I opened up the Wikipedia. I would like to read a couple sentences. Please. Uh, the the original had 24 episodes and aired on Sunday nights in ABC beginning on September 23rd, 1962, continuing through September 22nd, 1963. It debuted as the first color program broadcast in color on ABC. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in contrast, The Flintstones was always produced in color, but it was broadcast in black and white for its first two seasons because not a lot of ABC stations could broadcast in color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was canceled after one season and then moved to Saturday mornings. And there it was very successful. So following Thanks. its primetime run, uh, aired on Saturday mornings. Yeah, it ran on ABC 1963 to 64. Uh, and then new episodes were produced for, sy- in, for syndication from 1985 to 1987. The 1990 film Jetsons the Movie served as a series finale to the television show. 27 years later. A new direct-to-video animated movie, The Jetsons and WWE, yes! Global WrestleMania, was, was released in 2017. Yeah. This, this is The Jetsons' legacy. After lying <laughs> dormant for 27 years, they're like, you yeah. know what this needs? Wrestling. <laughs> so, Name brand wrestling. This is part of like a weird partnership with WWE and Hanna-Barbera, because yes. they had... Uh, two Scooby-Doo movies, WrestleMania Mystery, and then they had a Monster Truck one. Uh, wow. And then there was a Flintstones uh, WWE crossover. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in which John Cena has little ripped cargo shorts, uh, or oh, ripped God. like jean shorts in the Rock Ages. Uh, <laughs> the, character, the character design is very interesting. Wow. CM Punk doesn't look very good. Um, the uh, Yeah, the Jetsons, the plot of the Jetsons... WWE. What do you think it is? Oh, it's a, it's called Robo WrestleMania. 
Yes. So I guess maybe like Elroy has built a robot that can wrestle for a school project and also like the McMahons have done the same for a business project and those robots wrestle. Big Show has been frozen for a hundred years and only wakes a up. Hundred. <laughs> only a hundred? Only a hundred. It also, I think it says explicitly in the in the description, tens of years or something tens like of, that. Tens of years? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Big Show wakes up and he discovers the WWE is all robots now, and he's like, Whoa. "This can't, this won't do." I'm the Big Show. I will beat all the robots, and he goes evil, and he's gonna take over the world because he's now the strongest man in the future. So, oh my god! So George and his family see this, and of course do the right thing, <laughs> and uh, they go back in time. And they recruit uh, WWE wrestlers from 2017, I assume. Uh, wow. Tow them to the future. The The animation is they each get their own little, like, flying saucer to, wow. like, tra- trail behind them. But, yeah, it's, like, like Vince McMahon, who can ride a hell, uh, a bunch of, like, other wrestlers, like the Uso brothers. Uh, I can't remember who else. Uh, but, yeah, they all come to the future, and Big Show has already taken over, and they have to stop him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's that's uh, that's WWE WrestleMania. <laughs> incredible, incredible that this is how the Jetsons return. Yeah, I don't particularly enjoy a lot of WWE these days. AEW is a little bit more fun, I think. Mm. But I, I will hold out for the AEW animations and see what they <laughs> would like to cross over with. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, can I tell you about one wrestler from AEW? I know we're off topic. That's uh, okay. There's a wrestler called Dan Housen, uh, who's, who's a wrestler that, that wears face paint. Uh, okay. And he's, uh, supposed to be like evil, like an evil <laughs> mastermind. Like, like he's, he's evil. He's a bad okay. guy. Okay. Uh, and his tagline is very evil, very nice. He's a very <laughs> pleasant person and wow. very kind to people, but he's very evil. Wow, I'm so happy there's a lawful evil heel yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a chaotic I, neutral heel, which I imagine there are many of, but yeah. evil, lawful evil. Yeah. He doesn't What a speak choice. Very, he doesn't speak very often, uh, but he has very like exaggerated goofy mannerisms and I really like watching him. Cool. Uh, but yeah. Uh anyway, the Jetsons. <laughs> the Jetsons. We uh, so we chose to watch one episode from the '60s run and one episode from the '80s run. Yes, let's uh, let's run down the facts, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Name of the show: The Jetsons. It was created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Heard of them? Heard of them? There were seventy-five total episodes. Uh, like we were talking about, they the year released is sixty-two to sixty-three, and then nineteen eighty-five to nineteen eighty-seven. Country of Origin, USA. Production company was, of course, Hanna-Barbera Productions, as well as Screen Gems for season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see them again in our line of work. Original channel was ABC. Adaptations. I mean... <laughs> uh, <laughs> they met WWE once. They met WWE once. There was, you know, theatrical releases, direct-to-video releases, a number of video games. They were in a lot of crossovers on Cartoon mm. Network, comics uh home media yeah they were 
let's just say they were adapted a lot. Uh, yeah, we have. They we were never vitamins, it. though. <laughs> no, they were never vitamins, and they never will be. <laughs> Who else has ascended to the level of vitamin? Who else is vitamin tier? <sighs> is Dora vitamins? Dora's at least band aids. Dora is band aids. Okay, <laughs> these are so the, the hierarchy. Tiers. I feel like it goes cereal, then Band-Aids, then vitamins. <laughs> vitamins is the upper echelon. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah. So so any anyone could get a cereal. You're lucky if you can get a Band-Aid. But vitamins, ah. Mm-hmm. Royalty. Uh, let's talk about notable actors. This was, of course, in a different era. So we you may not recognize a lot of these names, but they have done a lot. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. kind of run through them. Uh, George Jetson was voiced by George or George O'Hanlon. Uh, he, uh, pretty much he voiced it as long as he could. He, he passed away about three years after it stopped airing. Mm. Um, uh, Judy Jetson was Janet Waldo. We'll see Janet Waldo, uh, in some more productions in our line of work. Uh, Cosmo Spacely was voiced by Mel Blanc. You should uh, you should know who Mel Blanc is, right? If you're here, you know the name. Yeah, Penny Singleton uh, voiced Jane Jetson. Penny Singleton also did uh, Blondie, very famous for Blondie. Uh, Elroy Jetson was Dawes Butler. Astro the dog was Don Messick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosie the robot was Jean Vander. P- P- How would you say that? Pile. Pile. Vander Pile. It's just pi, just P Y L. So I assume pile, peel, um, Vanderpeel. I don't know. Uh, but she did the voice of uh, da, 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 of Wilma. She's the voice of Wilma Flintstone. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Orbity, who we saw very briefly in our episode, uh, is voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> and that's about Frank it Welker is cast. most animal sidekicks. Yeah, if that's what you could call Orbity. he's some sort of small alien yeah he's something but yeah that's the facts let's watch the intro shall we yes one of the best yeah this is really an iconic intro has beautifully painted backgrounds oh yeah uh, and a very very iconic vocalized intro all right we're gonna hit play in three two one play A lot of string work at the beginning. A big zoom in on Earth, which is very nice. God, hear that big band come in. You feel like you can do anything. Yeah. Beautiful typeface. Beautiful text design for the Jetsons logo itself. Yeah. This, of course, has been parodied a lot. This, This, like... Form of singing the characters. Mm-hmm. And then his his spaceship turns into a briefcase, which I guess is heavy. I don't know. <laughs> and then and he, you said he... nobody but Big Show was strong in the future. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, and then he goes to his cubicle and he puts his his legs up. Uh, and I want to point out that this is the uh, opening of what the Simpson is outroing. 
The Simpsons intro is the opposite of all of this happening. Yeah, I was just thinking about how this is the opposite of the Flintstones, how the Flintstones is Fred leaving work. Mm -hmm. I was thinking Simpsons because, like, uh, George has, like, a circular desk. And that's what I think about when I think about Homer. Right, he does. Control panel. That's important. Yeah, and then Jay goes off... Jay goes shopping. Marge comes back from shopping. Yeah. The kids are at school. The kids come back from school. Wow. You've really solved something. I don't know (laughs) what the question was, but you have the answer. Now, the Jetsons did come out before The Simpsons, so this could be intentional. (laughs) Who's to say? All right. We watched episode 114, Test Mm -hmm. Pilot. Uh, uh, season one, episode 14. Right, uh, yeah. These weren't 114 plus episode seasons. This episode starts with George getting up in the morning and taking a moving sidewalk to his kitchen. And then he asks Jane to dial him a breakfast pill. And she gets yeah. a little pill out of a machine and he eats it. And he says, Bleh, you burned this toast. <laughs> Man, nobody could dial up a breakfast pill like my mother could. Why can't you cook like her? This breakfast machine is not portrayed in the future seasons. Uh, mm. Like it's in the, there's an actual toaster in the next episode we watch. Uh, but it's interesting that they're using a rotary phone to dial their meal because that leaves <laughs> at, at right. max 12 options for food unless you combine those to make other foods. Wow. It, yeah, it's like a toast, egg, meat, potato. Yeah. You have to be like, meat, <laughs> potato. What's the potato of meats? Uh, I don't know, pork? <laughs> bread, fish. What's the what's the bread of fish? I don't know. <laughs> flounder? You get flounder. Uh, Jane, his wife, asks him for some money because there's a big sale at the Sears Robot Department Store. Yeah. And everybody wants money. Like, uh, Judy wants to buy some records. Elber wants to buy a new toy. And George is like, no, like, I can't just keep giving everybody money. Like, we have to think about our old age. We have to save smartly. Yeah. George also gaslights Jane in this moment, I wanted to point out. <laughs> uh, he, he it, It's like a line, like, uh, I gave you money yesterday. And she's like, you didn't. He's like, I don't want to hear another word about it. And <laughs> Also, uh, this show has a laugh track just in this first season. It's it's missing in the next season. But yeah, it's it's very weird. I don't know how I feel about a laugh track on cartoons specifically. Right? Because they're not they're not filmed before a live studio audience. No. They would, ha- they would have to show them either to an audience or to the makers and record a laugh track. <laughs> That's Hannah and Barbara themselves laughing. Right. It's them laughing, then getting up and changing seats and laughing again. So you get a nice <laughs> audience feel. <laughs> George goes to work at, of course, Spacely's Space Sprockets, uh, and we see his boss, Mr. Spacely, and he's a robot secretary. Uh, and the yeah, robot secretary this also has a sucks. She's a humanoid body, and her like head is a, a monitor, and she has like a keyboard that's kind of like her her chest. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. It was very redundant in design, uh, mm. but yeah, he's she's like th- dictate. <laughs> She's taking down dictation of, like, a letter, of, like, a press release. Uh, and at one point, she does, he's like, how do you spell indestructible? And he's like, ah, these are, ah, ah, yeah. Right, like, a, uh, your your computer and you don't have spell check. I think it's so funny that there's a keyboard, 
keyboard on her, but then like she's typing on something. She's not typing on herself. I don't know what the keyboard on her is for. I don't know. I is that does that happen in fashion? Is there anything we wear that is also something we use? Do I we guess wear a phone. I guess a, a a cupboard is like a pocket on your wall. <laughs> a pocket is like a cupboard on your body. <laughs> what is a vest if not a cupboard for your chest? Right, a vest is an armoire that goes around your arms. Exactly. Now now we're really breaking down walls. <laughs> it's I also think it's funny that amid all of this future technology, uh George goes to work and uses a physical punch-in clock to say I am at work now. Well, there this was the 60s. They had no idea to know that would be <laughs> top-tier technology. They couldn't think farther ahead than punch-in clock. No, why would they? It's perfect. But yeah, George is late and he gets chewed out by the boss. And he's like, I'm worried about how clumsy you are and how late you are. Uh, Mm. Go get an insurance physical to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, basically goes to the research department and a professor has invented an indestructible jacket. Uh, (laughs) And it's just like a weirdly like stylized jacket. It's like it's like a life vest orange in the style of, of the fashion they wear. And space is like, perfect. This is just the thing to put us on the map. I wonder how Cogswell Cogs across the street is doing. Mm-hmm. Our rival company and neighbor. And he takes out a little telescope gun and looks out. And the professor is like, over there is like, I've, de- I've developed the indestructible jacket. I've done it. <laughs> and we just see a mirror scene. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Spacely says that to his professor. And he's like, impossible. I've spent every minute of my life for 58 years working <laughs> on this jacket. And he says, we'll take a look. And he's like, oh, well, easy come, easy go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George goes to his, uh, he goes to the company doctor, Dr. Radius, which is a mm. math term, but not exactly a joke of any kind. No, he goes I did to the like doctors. the name. This, yeah. this doctor is, is very much uh, Professor Utonium stuck in the future, by the way, and got buff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he goes to the doctor's office. The doctor has a full mummy there for like yeah, looking for fun. at yeah, <laughs> fun office mummy. Not a yeah. skeleton. Not a no. skeleton. Like you'd see in a science class, an entire full mummy and sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got this new device called a peekaboo probing capsule, which George will swallow, and this thing will like zip around his body, like through his veins and his organs or whatever. And using like a little Marvin the Martian sounding voice, it's like it's like a robot. It has sentience and it drives itself through George and then tells Dr. Radius what's inside George. It's, uh, it's go- interesting because uh, Dr. Radius will speak in a microphone and look at a screen and then yeah. they'll see the probe around like this is the heart or this is the stomach. But because yeah. we see the probe, that means there was already cameras inside George oh Jetson's body aimed at his vitals. Oh, I didn't I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about how his heart is heart-shaped. <laughs> like the Grinch. What do you Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> it's heart-shaped. That's what that's what it is. Right. So the the thing, the little peekaboo capsule like is flying around his brain and it's trying to look at something and it can't get the right angle and it like accidentally like propels itself too hard and it flies out of George's ear and into the mummy's exposed ear. 
And so now this little pilot is like zipping around the, the mummy's brain and is like, oh, no, this guy looks dead. It, <laughs> it thinks it's still in George's head. Yeah. And this exchange that the doctor oh. has. <laughs> the, the exchange of the, the, of the robot saying he's dying. Uh, yeah. This, this made me laugh. Uh, it, it was the doc saying, what do you think? What's, what's your opinion? And the robot says, in my opinion, and on this little tiny ball, a bugle comes out and it sings, it, it sings, it bugles, uh, like the, the taps. thing you, the, the thing you bugle when you're at a funeral. I don't know <laughs> what the song is. taps for him. And yeah. the doctor turns to George and he says, I'm afraid it's a matter of time, Jetson. One of these days, poof. And George says, poof. The doctor says, piffed. George says, well, I'm not ready to piffed. <laughs> this show actually so, has some pretty fun dialogue, I think. Right? I was surprised how fun Jetson still is in some regards. So George yeah. believes he is about to die, which is one of the reasons why I picked this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is oh. season two. It's an episode called One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blowfish where the family goes to some trendy new sushi restaurant in town and Homer wants to try the uh, rare delicacy of the, the fugu, the, the blowfish. And it's like only a master sushi chef can like cut that part out of the blowfish because there's like one part that's edible and it's delicious. But if he cuts just like a sliver of the wrong part, it's poison. So Homer eats this and then he thinks he like ate the poison part and he only has 24 hours to live. And the episode is him living his last 24 hours and what he wants to do. He's like, I want to play catch with Bart. I want to listen to Lisa play her sax. I want to film a tape for Maggie to watch when she's older. I want to see my dad mm -hmm. one more time. I want to have a beer with Mo one more time. And it's a really beautiful, sad episode. One of the finest sad Simpsons episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like that there was a Jetsons equivalent of that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh boy, what other cartoon dad can I watch face death? Yeah, except in this, he just is like, I don't care. I guess I'll become famous. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, I'm dying? Well, what am I going to Like, he has like no fear. He's just like, what am I going to do with my time? How do I make the most of this? And what he does is, oh, if I'm going to die and I don't really have to worry about my job, I'm going to go pick on Mr. Spacely. Yeah, he goes like, bully him. Yeah, uh, I really love when they play with cigarette smoke in cartoons, uh, mm. like like the ghost dunking the smoke donut in a cup of coffee. That's an iconic yeah. scene. Uh, yeah. yeah in, in this, he plucks Mister Spacely's cigar uh, cigarette from him and lights it up off of his his jacket mm. and blows a ring of smoke that gets stuck on his nose and makes him sneeze. <laughs> uh, yeah, very fun stuff. He pours water in his chest. Yeah, but yeah, it's very good. And he's about to fire uh, George Jetson because this is, you know, not great behavior. And yeah. the professor is right there. And he's like, wait, we need someone to test pilot the jacket. This jacket needs mm. a pilot. And this guy's an idiot. Uh, yeah. He's perfect. Yeah. And George is like, oh, how much money am I going to make like for my family test piloting this jacket that will kill me when I'm already about to die? Mm -hmm. Sign me up. And, like, Cogswell shows up, and him and Spacely get in a bidding war for who's yeah. going to get George to test their indestructible jacket. There I think it's so little... funny that it's only a jacket. 
Yeah. Like they didn't make like full coveralls or anything. It's not an entire suit. Your legs are completely vulnerable. It's yeah, jacket and your, only. Your face and your arms. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, there is a little tiny joke of this that also made me laugh. Uh, in which they're going back and forth. Like, I'll give you a two thousand dollars signing bonus. I'll yeah. give you a five thousand dollars signing bonus. And Cogswell is like, I wouldn't trust that five thousand dollars. It doesn't see the light of day in years. And we look at George Washington on the dollar. And he's just like squinting and he's like, I can't see. And he puts on sunglasses and he smiles. And I'm like, I really like that. That is such a good gag. I've never seen that before or since. That's like a time squad gag. It's nice. Right? Uh, So George agrees to do this job for Spacely, earn all this money for his family. Uh, And so he goes home and he gives his family like all the money that they were asking him for that morning. And he tells Elroy... You wanted a toy fire engine? Get yourself a real fire engine. Yeah. Might as well get yourself a real fire, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boy, go pay, pay someone to commit an arson for you. Have fun. They don't have Dad fire in the future. You. No fire in the future. Just lasers. <laughs> And he goes through all these tests on the jacket. And these are all done, like, out in public. Like, a crowd is watching. A newscaster is there saying, Spacely Space Brockets is here to test their supposedly indestructible new jacket. And, like, George gets, like, steamrolled. Uh, He gets put in a room where, like, the walls squash him until he's paper thin. And then he, like, it squashes him flat two-dimensionally. And it squashes him down. So then he walks out like an accordion. Yeah. I love, I love this type of cartoon slapstick body horror where somebody's flattened or made into an accordion or yeah. like Daffy Duck's beak gets swapped to the back of his head. <laughs> There's also a good pun here where he's like, I feel like I'm getting the short end of the deal as he comes out like a very small yes. accordion man. Uh, yes. and basically he's taller than him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all of these tests are like publicized. Like there's a big crowd out front and like a news reporter, like asking him before he does all these tests and it becomes world news. There's a, there's just, uh, someone just shouts Judson world hero. And we see a newspaper (laughs) and then we cut to the BBC and they're reporting it and we cut to French TV and they're reporting it and they'd kiss a lot and it's weird. Mm. Uh, French TV is for kissing. And and then I think we got to Russia, and they're like, "We already did it. We're we're this is old news to us." Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's more tests coming, and Spacely is like, "We're getting ten billion advance orders for this." Mm-hmm. And the last test is to be dropped uh, from a plane with a parachute, uh, and then shot with two anti-missile missiles, uh, <laughs> is what they say. Yeah. And before the test starts, uh, a voice from the crowd is like, I got to talk to him. And Dr. Radius runs up and he's like, George, I'm glad I caught you. Uh, There was an accident. It's not it's you're not dying anymore. You're perfectly healthy. You'll live to be 150. And now he's all stressed for the descent because it's too late. He's already in the harness and he's getting dropped. And he like is he does like a uh, a bowl routine where he says, uh, oh, What's about what is it? A fighting bull routine. Uh, yeah, bull fighting. Bull fighting. That's those words in another <laughs> order. You could say that. I've heard it both ways. He does that with the missiles, and it works for a little bit, and it's good. And he writes his will, and he drops it in its own parachute. Uh, <laughs> and, but nothing's working, and he's like, "This is the end." 
and the missiles hit and they collide and he's fine he's a little burnt and toasty but he's perfectly fine and he's like wow i did it i'm rich and famous now (laughs) and then he goes home and the end of the episode gag is that Jane took his jacket and put it in the washing machine and the jacket could survive everything but the washing machine. And there was the one prototype (laughs) they had and now Spacely can't make any more jackets. Yeah. Which is weird because Cogswell has a jacket. You could just go steal their design. Right. It was the exact same design by coincidence. Oh no. This is a, this is a major plot hole and I will be taking it to my grave. (laughs) Uh, Our next episode, season two, episode seven. So now we're jumping forward to the 80s. This episode is called Instant Replay. And I picked it because it's another episode where George faces uh, a deep sense of mortality and loss. (laughs) You'll love to see it. What did you think about the change in animation as we get from uh, Um, the original series season to this? uh, Did you notice it? I did notice it. I think yeah. I like the the sixties style more. It's got like some sharper yeah. angles. It, I, I like agree. that mid century aesthetic more than I like the. I feel like the budget might not be very different, but it it the eighties version looked a little cheaper for some reason. Yeah, uh, it's there was a trivia about it that I read. Oh, uh, but it was essentially like. One there was one guy who's like, I don't like the way this looks. This is too colorful. I understand this <laughs> is the first colors, but it's way too many colors. And intentionally sought out an artist that painted in muted tones to try mm, and make yeah. it more muted for for the audience. And it comes out like it comes out kind of yellowing. Like the skin tones look better in the first one, and this one they look closer to like Simpson's skin tone. Mm. Um, but yeah, and the details to the face are a lot looser. Uh, you can tell it's more like churned out 80s animation when they were just mm-hmm. making like a thousand shows a, a month yeah uh and they yeah were just skipping the details um mm-hmm. that's not to say it's bad quality it's just different quality and i think yeah, yeah i agree i like the original series better uh-huh but yeah here in the 80s so yes. george's uh rocket car has broken down and he has to take the space bus uh and he <laughs> He goes to this little like robotic like token machine and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I'd have to ride the bus today. I don't have any tokens. So instead, this little robot reaches out and grabs his watch, takes like, that hey. instead. Yeah. And he's like, the bus driver's like, can't do nothing. Bring tokens next time. <laughs> and George sits next to this old man uh, who mentions that he's an inventor. I don't think we ever get this man's name. Uh, George I don't, Rude no, he's just never asks. Yeah. <laughs> He is pretty rude. Yeah, he's not the nicest guy. No, he's like meant to be kind of like a weaselly guy who's just got endearing qualities. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he sits down. There's like a kid behind him. He's like, Mommy, I hate that man. And it's like, <laughs> that's what the kid says. And I love right, it. Right. He lays eye on George Jetson and is like, I hate him. Mother. I hate him. My mortal enemy. Mother, my rifle is here. I must berate him and like throws his teddy bear at him several times. Right. Uh, but yeah, he the George explains like, man, what a bad day. My car broke down. Mm-hmm. This kid's beating me up. I'm his rival. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I used to have bad days like that. That's why I invented this. 
Uh, it is a what did they call it? Is a, a replay it's, Ola? Yes, it's uh, it's basically a click remote. Yeah, uh, and it's got like four settings. Like you could go back in time, you can rewind, erase, stop, and edit. Uh, and he's like, I just go back and. Here's the weird thing about the replay Ola. It's yes. a it's a plot device. It's not yeah. good technology. Uh no. because what you could do with it is you can go back in time and wish that the other person would treat you better and they do. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're able to click a rewind button and click an edit button. But there's yes. no way for you to specify what is being edited. It seems like the remote just sort of reads your thoughts and does what you want to happen yeah it alters the brain chemistry of the other person to be nicer to you in that moment yeah according to how you feel uh yeah it's it's unspecified technology uh and there's also an erase button that will remove an element from that situation so george uh rewinds and then erases that like little boy who hates him and his mom away <laughs> yeah the inventor's <laughs> like they're and they're not gone from existence they are just removed from george's vicinity we don't know where they are yeah they still exist they're just not on the bus which could yeah. mean anything they could right, be they could in just deep be- space yeah, they could be on the next bus, or they could be on the sun. <laughs> yes. This is what happens when you're not specific with your technology. You could kill people uh-huh. very easily. And so George buys the replayola from this old inventor, even though he's like, oh, it's it's the only one I have, but okay. No, I think he's, he says, I can give you one of these. I think he has more than one. Okay. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't planning on selling them, but you can have one, is what he says. One. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You get one. This is your one replayola. But yeah, George now has way too much control in his life. Yeah. But yeah, we come home and we meet uh, characters that didn't exist in the first season. We meet Rosie the Robot. Uh, and we well, meet. Now, Rosie Rosie is introduced in season one. Rosie is oh, okay. a Jetson's original, but I don't think she's there from the pilot. I think she's introduced a couple episodes in, and then she just didn't happen to be in that 60s episode we watched. Okay. But no, Rosie's almost always been there. Is Orbity season two then? No, Orbity is very 80s. <laughs> Orbity is... He's this little gremlin monster. Yeah, uh, little mogwai. With spring legs, uh, and I, I, I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> uh, Not wild about him. Now, if I had watched this f- new, and I knew he was, I'd never known a time before Orbity. Maybe I would like him, but looking at him as this '80s edition, and I'm like, you already had Astro. Astro's a good boy. You couldn't yeah. like do anything with him. He's cute enough. Yeah, Orbity is is cute. It is a cute character design. Yes. It's just, it's just upsetting that his legs are springs. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't know if he's like part mechanical or what. It yeah, it feels macabre to think about. Right. Um, I I did not remember Orbity when I like read the episode description when I was scrolling through HBO Max picking out episodes. I'm like, I have no memory of Orbity. What's an Orbity? Why is Orbity? So Orbity, is Orbity has not made any mark on culture. We all know no. who Astro is. Yeah, Orbity is the obscure part of this cartoon. That's that's who we can narrow in on. That's what we're, what we're here to teach. <laughs> we're, here, we're here to reveal the dark corners of animation like Orbity. Bring them into the light. 
I don't know. He might belong in the dark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, George comes home and like the family is like, it's like, I don't know, like a Sunday afternoon. They're just like, hey, dad. What's up, dad? Hey, honey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that mm-hmm. wasn't very good. And he went back and he goes right. like, hey, dad. Hi, honey. <laughs> Love you so much. Kind of yeah. feeling. Uh, mm. And then Jane says she ran into someone at the market. And this is my very favorite name. <laughs> the person that is introduced in this episode is one Bunky Bingston. Not Buck, <laughs> not Bucky. Bunky. Bunky. Bunky Bingston. And I love that name. And I can't wait to use it in a lot of properties. Uh, <laughs> Bunky. Uh, I'm a fifth level rogue elf. My name is Bunky Bingston. It fits everything. It's perfect. <laughs> Captain Bunky Bingston. Uh, oh, yeah. That name should have Captain in front of it. That's the right yeah. choice. The person they introduce as Bunky Bingston is not who I would have picked for a Bunky Bingston. No. They describe him as like the former like football quarterback and like kind of like a, a popular kid back in school. And I'm picturing mm. like the classic meathead jock that yeah. fits a bunkie to me. Uh, yes. But uh, I guess we'll get there later, but it's 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 not the bunkie I want. <laughs> so I <laughs> must create the bunkie I want to see in the world. <laughs> uh George is going to give a speech tonight to the neighborhood to the neighborhood council about something he's upset about. I don't know if it's specified. And he's real, he's not good at public speaking, but whatever this thing is, he really cares about it and he wants to try and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bunky has just moved in to the neighborhood and he's there at that neighborhood council meeting that night. Uh, and George is embarrassed that Bunky gives a better speech than he does. Bunky is like, I don't know if I can pull him up. He's like a very like hoity toity, like, like yes. Jefferson Northwest, like, oh. He sounds like the brainy gremlin from Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, my God. But, yeah, he is, uh, he's way too fancy to be a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> right, this is right. the future, and, and yeah. football could be more relaxed of a sport now. Uh-huh. It could be non-contact. So I guess that could be the case, but like... Yeah, normally quarterback and fancy boy are like two separate archetypes. Uh, and they put those on to one guy, and his name is Bunky Bingston. <laughs> Take Bunky Bingston and try again. I'm just going to crumple <laughs> him up. Be like, have another go. That's not my Bunky Bingston. Anyway. So George, he rewinds time, and then he gives a better speech than Bunky did. Uh, and then after the speech, again, not really sure what it's about. Vague, like, you know, neighborhood gettling along. Uh, a politician. C- yeah. A politician comes up and tells George, you're the most exciting political voice of our time. <laughs> you're really good at giving speeches. You should be a politician. Maybe you'll be president. <laughs> right. I, I guess if, if things go how they've been going is kind of how politics will work in the future. But yeah, it one thing leads to another, uh, and George and Jane are like, oh, this is when they go to the stock market. Yes. So George basically does the plot of the movie Primer, and he keeps mm-hmm. re- rewinding time to like play the stock market and like put more money in his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> he he's like, 
Jane is like panicking a little bit. And they're like, how are you going to afford this? We don't have that much money. And he's like, I'll go back in time to when Spacey was going to give me a raise. And he'll give it to me that time. Because I'll (laughs) want him to. Yeah. That's how that works. But yeah, they hit big. They become like like half half millionaires. By the end of the show, he's like a quarter billionaire just on these stock markets. Again, this is another instance of it'll go the way I want this time because... They bet on a bad stock of like this company will die yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and it's it, this isn't like a Back to the Future too, where like you know the answers ahead of time. Yeah. No, he's just like I'm gonna pick the loser, and because I picked the loser, the remote will make the loser the winner. Yeah, this company uh, like they report like this company had like a their headquarters burned down. <laughs> They're having to like you know be go bankrupt. And then he hits rewind, and they're like, wow, this company is having the best year ever. CEO named Man of the Year. Mm. And I'm like, how did George Jetson do this? She's too powerful. Also, we uh, see no repercussions from that right. company. We just hear their mm. name again later. <laughs> I I didn't write down the context for this, but at some point, I guess when like that company's stock is hitting really big, we see a newsie a future newsie and he's still got the newsie cap but the newsie cap has a news ticker on it so you can read the news right on the kid's hat look down at this poor boy and see the news right there <laughs> uh there he's george is also continuing his political career which consists exclusively of speeches to community centers about you know like let's get along and brotherhood and stuff yeah, uh, he buys himself a new suit for one of these meetings, and he's like, he's going to meet like th- that politician uh, from the beginning again. Don't know if that guy had a name either. I think we meet him uh, guys who do not have names. He does have a name, I believe. His name is Mister Kingmaker. Uh, <laughs> I think they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? How did I miss they, that? Yeah, they mentioned it once, but yeah, he's <laughs> getting ready and he's getting he's he's getting all tied up, uh, all, his tie all tied up. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, Judy comes in and is like, Dad, yes. how are you going to speak to this audience? Like, you, the time you spoke at my Girl Scout meeting, they almost cookied you to death. Yes! Which either means they threw <laughs> cookies hard enough to nearly kill this man, nearly bring him to the edge of death, or they baked him in a giant cookie. Oh my god, I love it. They could have. They could have just written they threw cookies at you. It would have no. been that easy. It's the, I love the ambiguity of the line, they almost cookied you to death. This is future lingo. Uh, so they go meet up with that politician with Mr. Kingmaker and his family, uh, but it's a disaster. Like, it, his wife is wearing the same dress that, that Jane is and doesn't like it. Yeah, you know, I think they've got like a pet that gets in a barking condos with Astro. Like it's everything is against them. It's a disaster. Everybody's yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then George, like he's like, he can't find the remote. He's like, I got to rewind this. I got to fix I, this. Where's the I remote? Thought, I thought this is where the episode was going to end. <laughs> I looked it's up and I'm like, there's here. eight more minutes. Right. <laughs> uh, and then Bunky shows up with the remote. Bunky got it somehow. Yeah, he's like, you dropped this. Uh, mm, mm. And he's like, this is weird. He's like, yeah, I don't care. And he snatches that out of his hand. Mm. And he re- replays it. The interaction goes great. 
He yeah. he he gives his speech to five thousand people in a little <laughs> tiny crowded auditorium. Yeah, uh, and they're like, "It went great." Uh, and they get another call from the stockbroker, like, "You have a billion dollars now." <laughs> Punky Bingston, cry your eyes out. Is what George <laughs> says. But yeah, he and he keeps George is like getting angry eyebrows, and it's showing that like he's he's just now about money yeah. and power. And yeah. I expected like maybe the inter- inventor to intervene or something. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're too powerful. Yeah. Give me the machine back. Where's he during all this? Yeah, uh, he's still on the bus. He's not. Right, he's not we, there yet. Do, skip ahead. We do encounter him again on the bus. This man does not exist outside of the bus. <laughs> no, this man is a bus man. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he's jealous. He's going back like, I have money and power, but I have you. I didn't always used to have you, Jane. Bunky and you used to date. I bet he was a better kisser than I was too, huh? Mm-hmm. And George is like, I can fix that. And he goes back and erases the day that Bunky and Jane kissed. But mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking and he erased. This is weird. George and Jane got married. And on that day, Bunky was there and he kissed the bride. And George says this like this is a regular thing that happened. I, I, I can, Bunky seems friendly. I can only imagine this was a, a friendly, good luck kiss. I don't know. It does it was feel a very lips kiss. dated. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, like it at all. I don't, we don't, well, yeah, we don't know what kind of relationship he and Jane have. I don't, I mean, knows? I guess that's fair. They could have been a throuple that just didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> on our wedding day let me kiss this other guy no that was the that was All the right. end of their thruple they were right, like, that was, do it. we started our experiment early and ended it promptly yeah but because he, <laughs> he erased his wedding day uh he's this apparently erases his entire courtship with jane he erases yeah. be even not even being married to jane but even having jane as his girlfriend there's yeah. no jane there's no kids no astro or orbity it's just yeah. him alone in his house with Rosie. Rosie yeah. persists. And Rosie's just like, all you do is just like go to sleep and count your money. That's it. Uh, and mm. George is like, I got to get back. I got to fix this. And Rosie's like, you're crazy. And, <laughs> and calls. He's like, I'm going to call the Happy Dale. I love this. The Happy Dale home for the hopelessly zonked, which is <laughs> a great name of a of a building that is not offensive like not right, the, yes. not the crazy house yes. not the penitentiary the hopelessly zonked i love right. that like i get the vibe of it and i, I don't feel like that steps on anybody's toes no, to it's that nice. somebody is zonked yeah yeah the happy dale home of the hopelessly zonked uh but yeah so george is like i have to fix this so he does the bad thing first he's like mm. i have to go find jane now and take her home uh, which is not what you should do. This is an idiot's no. call. Right. Yeah, he goes to the place where they live is called Snooty Towers. He yeah. finds her there. Uh, and she's married to Bunky. And, he, and she's like, oh, George, right. We went to school with George. And he's like, we were married 10 minutes ago. You're so funny, George. Uh, and then Bunky comes in. And he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here to take my wife. And they're like, okay, that's gross. That's Funny joke. Okay, let's catch uh-huh. up. And he, and they kick him out because he's being rude. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, yeah, I'll just, I know how to fix this. I'll fix everything. And so he goes back to the bus. 
I do want to say first, when they kick him out, there is a shot of him standing sadly outside in the rain. I'm very happy we had a moment to spend on that. Yeah, that was his moment of like, I gotta fix this. Uh-huh. Yeah, he goes back to the bus and he meets the inventor, the nameless inventor, the bus man. And mm. he's like, I have, I did an erase and you told me not to, but I did it. How do I fix? And the inventor's like, well, there is one way. And he's like, you would lose everything. Like you would, like mm. you wouldn't have the money. I watched your speech. It was great. Uh, and he's like, you would lose all of it. And he's like, yes, yes, everything. And I'm like, this is a nice redeeming scene of George, who's normally very selfish. Mm. Of him being like, I'll give anything. I'll give back all my money, all my power. I just need my kids and my family back. Mm-hmm. So he gives the uh, replayola back to the inventor. And he's like, all right, I'm going to dip so you never met me. I'm going to still exist, but I never took this bus. I could yeah. be on the surface of the sun. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and yeah, he just takes the bus home from that point on. And he comes home and it's the same shot from earlier when he comes home. Except they're all just like, hey, dad. And he's like, hello, son. I love you so much. I love when you call me dad. Hey, Judy, how's your day going? Jane, every t- every moment I spend with you mm-hmm. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And he has like a real like Scrooge coming out of the, the dream moment. And he's, and he's like, let's order a space pizza and stay in tonight. <laughs> he says space pizza, which could mean wow. anything. Right. And... Jane's like, that sounds lovely, dear, but I ran into someone and I invited him to dinner. Do you remember old Bunky? Yes! And George does like a, like a face palm and he's like, oh no. And that's the how end. It the end. That's yeah. how it ends. But yeah, that was, uh, that was the Jetsons. This was actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. It was! There are some really great gags in here. And George is... A- kind of a jerk but i i also yeah. <laughs> understand that that was like what comedy at that time was like we're gonna take the things that exasperate the average like domestic household and like kind of blow them up like george jetson's gonna say things like you would never say yeah uh, but he's got he's some good qualities you know like he's not ho- keeping money from his family like because he's like no this is my money i earned it you all own no, your yeah. own money it's because he's like well we have to like think about retirement we have to think about the future mm-hmm. like he, he, there is something to george i don't know if we picked like the best episodes to illustrate his best qualities yeah yeah i was kind of like dreading doing this because i'm like sometimes old cartoons don't really like age well mm-hmm. sometimes they can be mm-hmm. hard to watch uh, and I, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that this is, yeah. uh, at least these two episodes had like good puns, good jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animation was still really nice to look at, but yeah, uh, overall I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I, I, I've, I would like to see more Jetsons. I've yeah. thought of this, uh, in our episode we did on the Cartoon Network Groovies, which were these short, mm-hmm. like music videos that would air during Cartoon Network commercial breaks. There is one for the Jetsons called like 30th Century Mega Mix or something like that. Yeah. That is uh like a bunch of sounds and like score from the Jetsons just like remixed on top of each other. And mm-hmm. like the visuals are just like all the characters like kaleidoscoped. So there's like a Jane with 16 eyes. <laughs> I 
That's one of my favorite groovies. I love that song. And I'm like, somebody needs to reboot the Jetsons just so that the song can play in the trailer. <laughs> you know, they might. We'll see. I wonder if they would do like a Harvey Birdman kind of like it's it's back, but it's different. Ooh, I don't know. I'd I'd love to see like a a sincere Jetsons. This is one of the reasons why I had us watch Meet the Robinsons earlier this year. Because mm-hmm. I knew we were gonna watch Jetsons later. Like yeah. let's spend a little time in that like retro futurism space. I would like a sincere, like a uh, uh, adventurous retro futurism story. That would be so fun. There's a name for the kind of like art style of like their furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Guji, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. It's in one of these. I just can't see it. Yeah. Uh, the style of architecture, architecture and furnishings in the world of Jetsons is called Googie or Guji. Uh, spelled Google, but with an I instead of an L. So yeah, it's a real like art style. So it's it's something we could come back to uh, or proceed to, I should say. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It's it's not too late. We can we can we can become Jetsons in what is it forty years from now, twenty sixty two. I'll start now. I'll start now. <laughs> I don't know what I have to do. Do I have to? Can I get Judy's haircut? Judy's always look cool. Yeah, Judy. Jane has, like, and Judy stark have always looked cool. Yeah. yeah, I've always liked the way both of them looked. I would not mind if like I had to to inspire the rest of the world to live up to a Jetsons future. If I had to look like that. If yeah. that was the sacrifice that needed to be made. Let's let's just have one night at the Met just be Jetsons <gasps> themed. Instead yeah. of like gilded, it's it's all like Googie. <laughs> let's go Googie, Googie. guys. Uh, I, I looked it up and yes, Googie architecture is a type of futurist architecture influenced by car culture, jets, the space age, and the atomic age. It originated oh. in Southern California with the streamlined modern architecture of the 1930s. It was popular in the United States from roughly 1945 to early 1970s. Interesting. This is kind of like the architecture you would see in the movie Cars in that little that little town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that 50s like Southern California car culture. Think of like a drive-in with like a big dramatic swooping roof or yeah. like yeah, like a retro bowling alley. Like, this is googie stuff. Yeah, but also clothes with rings. And oh, yeah. Lots, lots of uh, shoulder pads and rings. But yeah, that's the Jetsons. Go check it out. It's it, we, This was on HBO Max. You have to pay, spend $4 to watch the movie, which maybe mm-hmm. we, we will do at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for recommending this. And happy birthday, George. Yeah, <laughs> right. Happy birthday, George. Thank you for celebrating this important time with me. You're welcome. All right. Jetsons was my idea. Jams, what are we going to do for our next episode? So this was so this was the Saturday morning giant. Yes. Um, I'm going to do something a little different for our next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a show that is new. This came out okay. this, this month or maybe a little earlier. Well, this month we're recording in July. Maybe either in July or June. Okay. This is a show that I don't think is getting enough attention for how okay. good it is. And I want us to kind of use our platform to shine a light on it. Okay. Uh, next week we're watching Dead End Paranormal Park from Netflix. Okay. This is a show with an openly trans lead. 
that is like has like other protagonists that have like openly have like uh autism and like anxiety mm. and they are in a demon infested theme park based on wow. this world's Dolly Parton. Uh What? So they yeah. they're in like a dark Dollywood? Kind of. It's it's a regularly wow. run theme park, but there's also demons in it. Uh Wow. I'm so happy that Dollywood is the specific theme park they're jumping off from. Well, it's it's this world. So the, this world okay. instead of Dolly Parton, it's 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 uh, like Phoenix something. Um, okay, okay. So it's Phoenix Park. Um, but yeah, it's uh, only ten episodes. We're gonna be watching episode two and episode six. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's based on a comic by Hamish Steele, uh, and it's called Dead India. And it's it's really really good, and I, I nice. have been uh, obsessing over the uh, the musical episode at the end of the series. Oh wow! So I musical as, episode. Yeah, while we're only doing episodes two and six, I highly recommend watching the show if you have time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited yeah. to try something new here on the show. So yeah, check that out uh, next time. Uh, but yeah. Oh, I also have the podcast recommendation. The creator of the show, Hamish Steele, also has a podcast called Waking Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, oh. With his co-host. I believe his, his co-host is named Luke Healy. Or at mm. least Luke. Um, but yeah. And they uh, go back on Kitchen Nightmare episodes. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Check that out as well. Interesting. But Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in for that next time. Uh, if you'd like to support our show, uh, one, just listening helps out a lot. Tell mm-hmm. your friends about it. If you can uh, review it on the platform you're listening to us on, that helps a lot. If you send us that review, we'll read it on air. Um, but yeah, if you have any recommendations on shows you want us to watch, if you'd like to inquire about being a guest on the show, you can find us on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. You can email us, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to talk to me, I'm at Shams Wilk. We also have a Discord. Uh, inquire about the Discord on Twitter. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots Network. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. Uh, I'm on the review show every week, which is a book club style media discussion show. We talk about a different movie or a season of a TV show or a couple volumes of a comic every week. Uh, This is coming out later in August. And I know by now, at least... um, uh, I'm going to be going down there. I'm going to be visiting my co-host, Kyle, uh, in person. We've, yeah. we've met online. We've been doing the show online for like four years. We've never met in person. I'm going down to Oklahoma City to visit him to record episode 200 of The Captain's Log, which is our Woo. yeah weekly off-topic like nonsense show. We talk about pop culture news, uh, novelty soda flavors, scented candles, things like that. Uh, so we're going to be doing a big episode 200 and we're just also going to keep recording review show in our regular time slot while I'm down there. And I pitched him a couple road trip movies. So for our special live episode of the review show, we're going to talk about the Muppet movie. Oh, hell yeah. Cause Kyle does, Kyle barely knows the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> and Fix I'm no that. expert, but I, I know them and I love them. And I'm like, you gotta get up higher. You gotta learn more Muppets, Kyle. This is untenable. <laughs> you so need to be a better that. member of society. <laughs> right. And this that is includes, terrible. Right. And that includes knowing Rolf's name and yeah. not just saying the dog one. 
How dare you? Awesome. We'll check that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next time with Dead End Paranormal Park. And for right now, relax, kick back. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. What's that mean, Doc? I'm afraid it's just a matter of time, Jetson. Then, poof. Poof. Piffed. Piffed? But I'm not ready to piffed. What can I do? Get some rest. You mean I should be in bed? You should be in a bottle. So, how long do I have? Let's just say, if you have anything to do, do it right away and hurry. Yes, there is one thing I've been wanting to do. Thank <laughs> you.